AI and journalism. That's our text to nation. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining me is Dan Shelley, president and CEO of the Radio and Television Digital News Association. Hi, Dan. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Well, give our audience a bit of background, first of all. Well, the RTDNA uh, was founded in 1946 uh, by a group of World War II era uh, war correspondents. Uh, it was all radio back then, of course, uh, who wanted to establish a set of standards and agreed upon principles. Uh, prior to World War II, largely radio news was rip and read out of a newspaper or off of a wire service. Uh, but World War II proved that uh, radio as a medium could be a vital source and the premier source at the time of news and information. Uh, reported uh, and broadcast uh, originally and independently from what others were reporting. So uh, fast forward to the 1950s, we became the Radio Television News Directors Association. And then the 2000s, the Radio Television Digital News Association. And very briefly, we have three main missions. One is to uh, recognize outstanding responsible journalism through the Edward R. Murrow Awards, which uh, we administer uh, along with others. Number two uh, is to do advocacy work on behalf of press freedom, particularly uh, the public's need to know what independent, fierce journalism uh, can tell them about their communities uh, and the nation and the world. And number three uh, is to provide uh, continuous um, education opportunities for journalists at all levels of their careers. And for decades now, we've also uh, produced a code of ethics and several accompanying ethical guidelines uh, to help journalists make decisions uh, on issues that involve uh, ethical concerns that could affect reporting and what the public is able to consume from uh, radio, television, and now digital news outlets. And so now the age of AI is upon us, seemingly everywhere, but just getting started, I suppose, in reality. Tell me about the impact on journalism so far and the issues that, that you're concerned about. Well, we have just released a coverage guideline document uh, that advises radio, television, digital newsrooms, all newsrooms for that matter, uh, on some of the things it should uh, they should consider when considering the use of artificial intelligence in, um, uh, in their work product, in the journalism that they present to the, the public. Uh, Broadly speaking, th these are not prescriptive. They just pose a series of issues and questions uh, that help journalists reach their own conclusions about uh, the proper use of AI, if they believe there is a proper use of AI. Uh, but first and foremost, we believe uh, in terms of artificial intelligence that while it does have a place, uh, a couple of places, two, three places uh, where it might be appropriate in journalism, uh, in no instance do we believe is it appropriate for use in journalism without a human touch, without a human being being involved in the process to ensure accuracy, to ensure the right to privacy uh, for vulnerable individuals and a whole host of other issues that still require a human being to make considerations that a machine uh, or a computer in this case might not be able to make. 
Do you liken this at all to the reliance uh, some may have had on things like Wikipedia and looking things up online in, in haste to put a story together? Well, I hope journalists are not relying on Wikipedia as their main source of information for any story. Uh, while I use Wikipedia quite a bit myself, it's for general information purposes. Uh, Wikipedia may not always be accurate because uh, it uh, the the content on Wikipedia is provided by uh, parties that are policed to some degree from an accuracy perspective. Uh, but there's no issue that or no guarantee that uh, it's 100% accurate and there may be facts left out, et cetera. So um, in, in a way, yes, uh, artificial intelligence and the, um, uh, the, the software, the technology behind it uh, is rapidly advancing and can do amazing things that are extremely lifelike but there is no substitute for a human being actually doing uh, some independent reporting, uh, actually looking over content that may be generated by AI to make sure that it respects the right to privacy, to make as humanly possible, uh, as possible, that it is uh, accurate, et cetera. So I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit that there might be concerns about uh, cost-cutting media companies turning to AI to create content, leaving sometimes the, the uh, real reporters out of the equation. Well, there are some in the conversation in our industry, um, not necessarily uh, people in the position, uh, in a position where they're able to make decisions such as you've just described, uh, but there are observers uh, of our industry who do see this as a potential for cost cutting uh, and reducing headcounts and things of that nature. We think that would be an inappropriate use of, of AI because you need human being journalists to make decisions that AI software may not be able to make uh, with regard to, again, right to privacy, with regard to accuracy of information. Uh, AI is evolving rapidly. Uh, the coverage guidelines that we have just issued, uh, that will be an evolving document that will change uh, frequently as AI continues to develop and become better. Uh, and we're not the only industry or the only segment of the, of the population that's struggling with this. Academia, this is a huge issue, as you know, in academia. Uh, and uh, students using it to, to do homework and write term papers and things of that nature. Uh, so we just want to make sure that human beings, journalists, uh, are uh, involved in the process, even though we acknowledge, recognize, and think it's a good thing, generally speaking, that there are roles AI can play to make journalism better overall. What, what would some of the guidelines be? Well, first of all, truth and accuracy above all else. That is in our code of ethics. That is in uh, that's the root of every coverage guideline, and, and we have well more than 20 of them posted on our website, rtdna.org. Um, and um, truth and accuracy above all else. Secondly, uh, there are considerations about uh, people's right to privacy. There are considerations uh, over uh, a number of other issues, accuracy, context, clarity, uh, also transparency and disclosure. 
we believe that journalists have an obligation if they use AI as part of their journalism product, as part of what they're presenting to the public as journalism, we believe journalists have an obligation to disclose that to their audience and the extent to which AI has been used in the production of a news story. Even something simple like uh, putting a, a script in or a story in and having the AI take a look at it uh, for, for accuracy in place of <laughs> what might be an editor? Well, I think at, at this point, um, generally speaking, I think AI can be a good tool for things like copy editing, for things like headline writing for a, a station or a news outlet's website. Uh, but in terms of the the guts, if you will, the the real um, uh, meat of a, a journalistic story, a news story, human beings must be the primary uh, gatherer and writer of that information. What are your concerns about this being used? Because so much information is disseminated today through social media, that this technology could be used to spread even more uh, inaccurate information to the public? One of the biggest threats to uh, our way of life, and I'm not overstating it when I say this, is disinformation and misinformation. Uh, disinformation, of course, being the uh, knowing uh, and intentional spread of uh, false information for one reason or another. Misinformation is the unwitting spread of false information uh, simply because it shows up in your social media feed and you share it with all of your friends or followers, uh, then you you are uh, spreading misinformation because it's wrong, but you didn't realize it was wrong when you shared it. Um, so yeah, I am concerned that AI can, can produce disinformation and misinformation uh, and it can be distributed on steroids to far too many people. Disinformation, misinformation are two of the biggest threats to society right now uh, and have been over the last several years. In some parts of the world, it's led to violence, it's led to uh, murders, it's led to in political discourse and news coverage. And we want to make sure that doesn't happen in the United States. We don't want it to happen anywhere, but certainly we don't want that to happen in the United States and the extent to which AI can spread disinformation on steroids, that's very concerning to us, yes. Words are one thing. And then there are the issues surrounding voice cloning and image manipulation that can be very hard to detect. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very troubling. And there are already companies, as you may know, that are offering uh, voices and AI generated uh, news anchors to radio stations uh, across the, the country and in other countries around the world. And we, uh, the, the jury is still out on whether that's an appropriate use of AI. But one thing is for certain, uh, as far as we're concerned, and that is that if artificial intelligence is used uh, to generate a voice, if it is used to generate any content whatsoever of a news nature, that must be disclosed to the public. And there still has to be a human overseeing the content and overseeing what this voice uh, or this image uh, is purporting to say to ensure as best as possible that it, it's accurate, 
It protects the right to privacy, et cetera. A lot of food for thought. As you said, uh, Dan, there's a place people can go to for more information on these guidelines, right? <laughs> RTDNA.org. Uh, and then look for uh, our ethics section of the website and you can find all of our coverage guidelines, our code of ethics, they're all there. Well, congratulations on taking this on. Dan Shelley, thank you for spending time with us. Thank you so much, Fred.